Do you have what it takes to be used by God? Have you ever asked that question? Are you using what God has given you, or do you need a little bit more? When is it the right time? As members of God's family and subjects in his kingdom, soldiers in his army, we gather together in settings such as this to communally worship God, to be enriched with his word, and to prepare ourselves for service as we face a world that at times ignores God or even demonizes him. What do we need in order to serve God? To be honest, the answer to this question requires both wisdom and discernment. And as James says, if we lack wisdom, wisdom, let's ask of the Lord. Sometimes we need to be encouraged in service. Sometimes we need to be reminded that we should be serving God. And tonight I'd like to both encourage you in your service and also remind you that we need to be active. And there's no excuse if you're not actively serving God as he has gifted us and how he desires us to serve. And we need to look to God's word for wisdom and associate with God's people so that we can learn from their history also. 1 Corinthians 14:20 says, do not be children in your thinking. Be infants in evil, but in your thinking, be mature. And tonight, we, and I use that word guardedly, have prepared a short skip, skip to demonstrate the point of the message tonight. I hope you not only enjoy it, but ponder the attitudes that are demonstrated and wisely choose which one accurately describes you and also which one you would want to emulate. But let's remember, let's choose godliness over all else, always. Now, I just want to give you a bit of context. The setting of the skit is in Comfort Key, which is a gated community out west. Mr. Loren, a well-known and respected fashion mogul, is entertaining some hand-picked guests. He's having a conversation with his Bahamian wife just prior to entertaining his guests and presenting a proposal to them. Let's just say he feels very strongly that these guests need assistance with their fashion choices, and the only salvation is through him. So just prepare yourself, and if you want to just close your eyes and just try and imagine that setting. You don't need to see the people, you just need to listen, and enjoy, and think. Hun, our guests are here. They're coming up the road. Are you ready? Ready? You can't be serious. You know how much clothes I have? And I finished washing, not to mention the pressing. And I told you to buy me that nice dress I saw in Coles yesterday. Not even nicer than the one Mrs. Jones was wearing last week. But no, you don't need that, sweetie. You look better than Mrs. Jones, sweetie. I married you, not Mrs. Jones, sweetie. You old lion cheapskate. Well, you're going to pay for that now. I ain't coming out of here to entertain nobody. 
till all the clothes done wash and press. And I will decide. You hear me? I will decide. Just to be clear, not you, but me. I will decide if I'm ready to meet them. But, 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 sweetie, you don't need all the clothes to be ready. You already have at least 50 outfits in that closet that just come back from the laundry. And you know I like the way you look in that one-piece suit I bought you the other day. Besides... Listen, Ralph. Since when you get to decide what I wear and what I look good in, just because you give me the last name Lauren and you got all kind of people buying your clothes, don't make you no expert on fashion when it come to me. Them people out there just going to have to wait and you're going to have to deal with them yourself. What they name is anyhow. Hmm. I better take care of this myself. You know, hmm. Maybe I will get Susan, the gardener's daughter, to welcome them for me. Uh, Susan, can you do me a favor, please? Sure, sir. But what will I wear? But you know, Susan, over the years, we have given you many nice dresses. And you've always taken good care of them and chosen wisely. Remember when you begged to work with me at the studio? And you worked so hard that I said you would be a worthy heir to my fashion empire? I trust you. You decide. Thanks, Mr. Lauren. Ah, uh, Mr. Christie, Mrs. Christie, Mr. Obama, Mrs. Obama, how good of you to come. Mr. Lauren will be right with you. He is so excited that you are interested in his proposals. Ralph, why didn't you tell me? I mean, all this trouble I went to and you ain't tell me the bomber's coming? Well, I hope you get the picture and the setting there. They all didn't even laugh at my jokes. <laughs> but anyway, now sometimes that is us. Mrs. Mrs. Lorraine sounds pretty ridiculous, doesn't she? All the clothes, she's got hundreds of clothes, and all of them have to be ready before she can come out and meet the guests, before she can do what her husband needs her to do. Sometimes that's us. Everything has to be in place. Absolutely everything has to be in place. And we decide when we serve the Lord, the circumstances under which we serve the Lord. You know, we have to be able to quote a scripture for every problem that there is. We have to be able to speak like Pastor Lee or pray like Pastor Arnett or have to go into seminary, have enough money so that we could survive persecution, whatever it is. Everything has to be in place before we can do what the Lord requires of us. In 2 Corinthians 4.9, Paul throws a bit of a pity party. Brief, because we don't know all of the words, but he talks about the thorn in his flesh. And then he pleads with God to take away the thorn. And think of that as any obstacle in our life. Anything that's stopping us from serving. And serving wholeheartedly. It could be we don't think we have enough time. Or we're too sick. We're too old or we're too young. We don't know enough. We know too much, so we can't do that. 
because we are overqualified for that particular job. That's stopping us from using whatever gift God has given us. And we're determining what we're going to, which gift we're going to use. And I decided, I, you know, man, I need to use Anton's gift. I got to sing. Or I have to use Nathan's gift. He's great with computers and, and techie stuff. And God has given me just a, not just, he's given me a particular gift. And the gift may just be serving. Serving wherever serving is necessary. But no, I need to have all of these other things before I can serve God. And they're the obstacle. They could be the thorn in my flesh. But after Paul finished pleading with God to take away this thorn, this obstacle, whatever it is, what does God say? My grace is sufficient for you. I have given you whatever you need to serve me where I want you, how I want you, and when I want you. Mrs. Loren had everything she needed to support Mr. Loren in his endeavor. But she allowed herself to be distracted by what she did not have, by what someone else had, what she wanted. And quite often, that's us. Not what God has given us. God has given us what we need to serve him. We just need to be obedient. That's what he's requiring of us, obedience. And don't think that that's peculiar to anybody in this room. Let's look at Mark 9, 14 to 29. I'll just summarize what happens here. Jesus took matters into his own hands. Because there was a boy with an unclean spirit, and the disciples were trying to heal this boy, and Jesus healed him. Now, all kinds of resources were available to his disciples at this time. They didn't work. What did Jesus say at the end, in verse 29? That kind of spirit cannot be driven out by anything but prayer. That's a resource that everyone in this room has. How often do we use that resource? Do we take it seriously? The person who can do nothing else but pray, because they may be bedridden, they may be poverty stricken, they may be 105 years old, that may be the only thing that they are able to do. That ministry is just as important as a pastor in Calvary Bible Church or a televangelist because that is what God has given them to do. If we need to clean the latrines because people are coming to Calvary Bible Church and they need to use them, we do that. 
because I've been to seminary, not that I have, but because someone's been to seminary, doesn't stop them from serving the Lord wherever the Lord puts them. And there are times that we are humbled so the Lord can be glorified. And we need to recognize those times. We need to be wise in discerning of the will of the Lord so that we know his will. And just as importantly, we need to be obedient to it. He gives us the tools so that we can walk in obedience. So that we can be successful in accomplishing his will. But be sure of one thing. His will will be accomplished with or without our help. It's a privilege to serve the king. And we have the knowledge, the comforting knowledge, that he will not forsake us. When we think of the Great Commission, quite often we think of Matthew 28. But in Mark, Mark takes it a little bit further. Now, after the apostles were told to go into all the world to preach the gospel, he says something else. The last thing that he says is, the Lord worked with the apostles and confirmed the message by accompanying signs. He didn't just send them out and they're on their own. The same way as the redeemed, we are never on our own. The Lord is with us. He's given us the privilege to be the vessel for accomplishing his means. And he will give us whatever we need. We don't need to add to it. We don't need to take away from it. We need to recognize it and use it. Let's look at Romans 12.1. I appeal to you, therefore, brothers, by the mercies of God, to present your bodies as a living sacrifice, holy and acceptable to God, which is your spiritual worship. Do not be conformed to this world, but be transformed by the renewal of your mind, that by testing you may discern what is the will of God, what is good and acceptable and perfect, Let's not be caught up in worldly distractions that prevent us from service, whether it be sickness or poverty or age. It can even be comfort. One of the greatest challenges to the church in the West is how comfortable, how comfortable we are. We have money and we can give so that someone else can serve. We really don't have to struggle to come to a service like this. No one's going to arrest us. No one's going to kill us or burn us. We have great freedom. And quite often we abuse it because there seems to be no consequence to our lack of service. Whether we wake up and serve God or we don't, life is still good relatively speaking, and quite often we do nothing as a result of that. But again, that's between us and God. Is God pleased 
with our service. Ask ourselves that question every morning when we wake up and we think back about our day. Has God been pleased with our service? And if we can answer in the affirmative, honestly, after really examining ourselves, that's great. But if we found one thing, let's present our bodies as living sacrifices, holy and acceptable to God. Let's not wait. The time is now. God requires our obedience, not excuses. And I really don't mean to be long tonight, so I am coming to the end. But a very familiar verse, 1 Corinthians 13, 1 to 8. And there's a wonderful application here. Something that we need to remember. If I speak in the tongues of men and of angels, but have not love, I am a noisy gong or a clanging cymbal. And if I have prophetic powers and understand all mysteries and all knowledge, and if I have all faith, so as to remove mountains, but have not love, I am nothing. If I give away all I have, and if I deliver up my body to be burned, but have not love, I gain nothing. Love is patient and kind. Love does not envy or boast. It is not arrogant or rude. It does not insist on its own way. It is not irritable or resentful. It does not rejoice at wrongdoing, but rejoices with the truth. Love bears all things, believes all things, hopes all things, endures all things. Love never ends. Love never ends. As for prophecies, they will pass away. As for tongues, they will cease. As for knowledge, it will pass away. But going back, love never ends. As God's children, as we were told this morning, we all have a gift, at least one. But if we don't have the fruit of the Spirit, we don't have love. That is nothing. We are nothing. We can amass great fortunes. We can go to as many seminaries as we wish. Have all kinds of knowledge. Preach all kinds of things. We can have all the trappings of godliness. But if the love of God is not present in us, we are severely lacking. And actually, we run the risk of being nothing. So I'd like to leave you with this. Love God. Seek God. Desire to praise Him, to worship Him, and glorify Him with every fiber of your being. And we will always be ready for His service. For indeed, His grace is sufficient for our needs. Let's just close in prayer. Father, we thank you for your word. Father, we pray that as we present ourselves in your service, that you would find us acceptable in your sight, O Lord. 
Lord, do not allow us to be distracted by the enemy, for he is busy. Father, we are reminded that your grace is sufficient for our needs, and we draw upon that. We believe that. We thank you for that. Father, we just pray that your love would dwell in us and through us. That as we leave this place, we don't necessarily ask for safety. We don't necessarily ask for comfort. But we just pray that we would understand that your will is being done. May you be glorified, Lord. Through Christ's name we pray. Amen. Please have a great week off.